You are listening to the Aitzer Podcast. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Aitzer Podcast. Man, do we have a really special treat for you today. This woman we are about to hear from has helped so many women. She's used her platform in just an amazing, amazing way. It's really encouraging. Honestly, I can't even imagine the number of women that have been touched by her, her wisdom, her guidance, and she's an incredible resource. And so I'm going to try not to give too many details right here, which is probably the hardest thing of this show, (laughs) but um, I'm going to stop talking and we're going to get to know today's answer. Girl, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. You are so welcome. I'm happy to be here. Yay, me too. I And I, I kind of touched on this earlier. I don't know how you're doing it with everything that's on your plate, but you're amazing. So thank you. I'm, I'm holed up in my bedroom with the door locked. So oh, nice. Okay, barricade yourself in. Yes. <laughs> well, are you ready to do this? Yes, ma'am. Okay, let's do it. Um, so first of all, give us an idea of who you are. So first and foremost, I'm a Christ follower. Um, I am an army wife. And um, he not only is he in the, in the army, he's also quite an adventurer. So um, he's, he's a busy man. And so there's a lot that goes with that. And then um, I'm a homeschooling mom. Um, I have 10 children. And ultimately, I'm just constantly striving to abide in Christ. That has been my word of the year. And wow. I just abide, abide, abide. And it has meant so much to me this year. And so I'm really just focused on that in everything that I do. And that is really what defines me. That's amazing. Okay. So first of all, does your husband on these adventures, do y'all get to go too, or is it him solo? (laughs) Sometimes we go and sometimes we don't. He, he loves to hunt and hike. And um, so there's, there's some adventures we go on and Uh some we don't. He loves to travel. And so yeah, sometimes it's him by himself. And obviously with the army, we, we typically don't go with him um, sure. unless it's a permanent change of station. But um, yeah, so yeah, sometimes it's all alone and sometimes it's me or the kids or whatever, but he is definitely an adventurer. Wow. And your word for the year, I love it, abide. So is there a reason you chose abide or how did that come to be? I usually just at the beginning of the year, just pray about it. And um, that had been something that was continually coming up to me in scripture and in conversations I was having with people. And I just felt like that was where the Lord was leading me was to abide. Mm. And little did I know that the entire year was going to require that. Wow. (laughs) And so, yeah, I'm like, oh, Lord, thank you. Because it's been something that I have just gone back to over and over again, realizing that this is not of my own power, but I need to abide where the Lord is. There I am also. Mm. That's, I think, one of the coolest things. And it, it always happens. Maybe not how we think, but if we sit there and we take the time to be still and pray and ask God what he wants from us and how can we grow? How can we seek him? He'll show us. And then yes. it's not just like, okay, I want you to abide. And then there you go. It's, hey, by the way, you're going to have to do this all year long. And I'm yes. going to bring stuff your way. So right. I hope you're right. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, man. Well, that's awesome. Um, okay. So tell me about how did you first come to know Jesus? And what has your walks with him look like? So I grew up in church. Um, But the church that I went to, the Bible was really just a collection of stories. 
and um, a lot of life application was taught. And so there wasn't like, there wasn't a connection between the old Testament and the new Testament. And so I really Mm. never had a grasp of, well, I never thought I needed a savior. Like I didn't see Jesus as a savior. He was just a nice guy in a story that I heard at church And, um, it wasn't until my husband was saved as a teenager. And so, um, things were a little different for him. And we started going to this small country church that he had, um, been saved in and they were doing a Bible study. And it was then I, I was already married. I already had a baby. I think I was about 21. Um, and you know, didn't from going from feeling like I didn't need a savior. I mean, I, I had had some rough years as a teenager um, and rebelled, but I just never really saw myself as that bad of a person. Yeah. And, um, and that just wasn't who Jesus was to me. And so taking, doing this Bible study with these other women's and women and just being humbled by who God was for the first time in my life, I Mm. saw who God was and, Um, my faith has just grown from there. Now that doesn't mean I haven't had setbacks here and there. I've had plenty and there's been doubts that have run throughout when our daughter passed away, there were doubts that I had to deal with. Um, but that was never because the Lord left me. It was because I was having to deal with, um, what I saw as truth in the church itself and from other believers. And I, I needed to work out my own salvation. I needed to, you know, see who the Lord was, um, without the extra trappings of religion and church and such. And I needed to just feel his presence in my life. And so despite the doubts and the fears and the different things that I've gone through over the years, God has always been there and he's mm-hmm. always been leading me back to him. It's never been, the doubts have never been something that wrecked my faith. It just was something I had to work through. And yeah. the Lord was always still there patiently, you know, guiding me through it. That's amazing. That's amazing. You, uh, a few things there, or maybe several, I don't know. You mentioned the Bible study, that one that was very influential. Do you happen to remember which one it was? Well, it was experiencing God. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Yep. 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 Enough said right there. Yeah. Enough said. Wow. Okay. And so was it a wide range of women or was it just your age? How did that look? No, it was, it was all the women in the church where it was a very small church and Mm -hmm. it was all the women in the church. And so I was, you know, learning, I was probably, yeah, like I said, I was about 21, 22. Mm -hmm. And, um, so there were women in there who were close to 80 and, and everything in between. And so I was really, you know, sitting with these godly women and realizing and listening to their stories too. It was like, I just finally, it clicked for me that God is this awesome, holy God. And I am never going to measure up by my own worth. And so it was just, it it was very eye opening for me. You know, it it stopped being a bunch of stories in a book and became real to me. Mm, That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. There's something when you get a bunch of women together, but especially when there's that wide range of mm-hmm. ages, there's so much wisdom to be shared and you just grow off of each other. And it's yes. not always like just the older feeding into the younger. Sometimes the younger are feeding into the older women as well. You have to have that community and it's right. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, 
little side note here. It's a song that I absolutely love, but it makes me think as soon as you kind of started sharing, it was that first Bible study, everything. Are you familiar with Toby Mac? Yes. Okay. Have you heard the song Love Broke Through? Yes. Yeah. I love that song. And it just makes me think like you always knew him and all this kind of stuff, but it wasn't until that moment when you suddenly realized you do need a savior and just love broke through. And I don't know. I love that song. Yeah. You think of that for a minute. Yeah. Um, I love that you talked about working out your own salvation for so many people. When you're brought up in a Christian home, you kind of just believe your parents' faith. And it's not right. until you go out on your own that you really, you have to work out your own salvation. You do. I tell people all the time that God does not have grandchildren. And so it's, you have to have your own faith and it can't be your parents' faith. You don't get into heaven on your parents' faith. Yeah. So he doesn't have grandchildren. He has children. Yeah. So. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I've never heard that, but I love it. Um, so I'd like to ask a question here and this isn't one we talked about, but you brought it up. You talked about God never left you and you have gone through some very, very hard times. And if you'd rather not share, that's okay. Um, you mentioned losing your daughter. What did, can I ask? And I'm, I feel like I'm going to start tearing up right here because I know some of that story there. What was your faith like during that? How did you cling to God or how did people help you through that? And how did you see come out through that? You know, in the darkest times of my life, the times that have been the hardest, the rough deployments, the death of our daughter, um, other things that have happened over the years, I actually, my faith has grown by leaps and bounds because there's mm. just nothing I can do. There's, oh. there's nowhere I can go, but to the foot of the cross. I think it's harder for me when things are going well mm. and I'm, I don't know, feeling like I'm doing this all by myself. Look at me. I'm doing great here. Yeah. And when, when you have utterly nothing, then that's, you know, where you can see the clearest. And so during those times, I mean, my faith has been stronger and strengthened and, um, I can see the hand of the Lord easier during those times. I can just, because everything is stripped away from you when you're in that kind of pain. And so you can see the Lord so much easier, what he's doing in your life, who he's bringing into your life, the blessings that come from the pain. And so actually they have been times that are actually very precious to me, Mm. despite the pain there is a precious part of each of those tragic circumstances that we've gone through. Well, it's official. You've made me cry. That is so, (laughs) it's just beautiful. It's just um, to see your face so strong and it be steadfast and uh, to continue to continue to chase God. Cause I I understand it's in those easy times we get comfortable, but while we may not all go through the same hardships and same trials, we all know what a broken heart feels like. And so yeah. to take those times to chase God all the more and fully depend on him, the way you express it is very beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Oh, thank you. And then, I mean, you mentioned rough deployments, being an army wife, trying to support your husband through that. And then remain emotionally sound that has to be challenging as well yeah yeah and those those deployments have been um, a challenge for our marriage as well there are just things that 
that come up when you are a part that um, you have to work through. And sometimes it's easier to work through them when you're not there all the time, but, you know, right with each other all the time. But there's parts of that that are just agonizing and um, very refining moments for us when he has been away and things that I think the Lord just wanted us to work on as a married couple. And um, yeah, so, but it's been hard. There've been really hard times. Hmm. It's amazing. Um, Okay. Well, and we've kind of gone into it with some of this, but I'd like to hear how you feel God has called you to be an acer in your life, whether it's just in general or current day, how do you feel he called you specifically? Well, um, first of all, I have a larger than average family. And Mm -hmm. so um, I see them as my mission field. They're my top priority. Um, So anything else, no matter how noble it seems, that might compromise my ability to be that helper for them really doesn't have a place in my life. Um, I have to really stay focused on them because there's lots of good things out there that you can do. Yes. But um, I, I recently, I think it was an Elizabeth Elliot quote, and I'm not going to be able to quote it, but the essence <laughs> of it, yeah, the essence of it was that if you feel like you do not have enough hours in your day to accomplish what is before you, then you have placed something in your day that doesn't belong there because the Lord gave you 24 hours. He gave the yep. same 24 hours to everybody. And if you're feeling like there's just not enough hours, then something is there that is not supposed to be there. Mm. And so um, I have really tried to focus in on my family, but I also have a heart for other women who homeschool and have large families and who feel burdened by that. Because I think there's a lot of man-made rules and things that are put on us or we put them on ourselves that don't belong there. And so I really, I started a blog years and years ago um, for the specific purpose of encouraging homeschooling moms to abide in the Lord rather than striving after this ideal that's that's not what God expects from us. It's more a man-made ideal. And then to find rest in him and to just be encouraged to run the race put before us, but to not keep piling extra stuff on top of our lives that just doesn't belong there. And I want women to enjoy their families and enjoy serving the Lord through their families. And so that's been really my heart with the blog and, and the podcast and such is just um, being there for other women. And that's something I can do in my home. <laughs> I, yes. I can continue to be a helper to my family, but I don't have to, to leave my home to do that. Just barricade the door for a few minutes. And that's right. Can... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. That probably sounds a little um, hypocritical there since I'm saying uh, No, not more. at all. It doesn't. You have to take a bit. No, not at all. That's not what I was getting at. I love um, that the Elizabeth Elliot quote, and I know you didn't say word for word, but I've heard it because there was, uh, it was a few years ago and I've never felt like my family got in the way, never felt that way at Mm -hmm. all. And I love being a wife. I love being a mom. And one day something happened. I was like, oh, this is getting in the way of this. And a light bulb went off and I was like, 
it's time to make a change because mm-hmm. my family is my priority and not just because it's supposed to be, but because I want them to be my yes. priority and I love them to be my priority. And so as soon as that thought entered and it was out of, there was a lot happening in the world and in my life that day. So I think it was just a fleeting <laughs> thought, but it still was an immediate red flag of you have to make changes because never yeah. ever is your family second. They, they should be your priority. So I love right. hearing that. I love hearing you talk about just abiding in the Lord other than what the world is telling us or the expectations the world puts on us or even the expectations we put on ourselves. Yeah. I think, I think women, um, the world definitely has a lot of expectations of what a woman should be, but I think we have a tendency of doing that to ourselves as well. We do. And we, we look around at other women and we gauge our own success based on what we see them doing. And we never acknowledge that we're not cookie cutter Christians and the Mm -hmm. Lord has a different walk for each of us. And he put our families together in a specific way. You know, these kids in the order that they came and the amount that there are is my specific life. It's the life that the Lord laid out for me. It's not yours. It's not somebody else's. So there is no way that we can look at other women and gauge our success based off of their life. Ah, oh, amen. Amen. And thank goodness we are not cookie cutter Christian yes. women, right? <laughs> yes. But I think there's people who fall into that trap believing oh, no, that 100%. we must look alike yes. to be good Christians. And, and no, the Lord challenges us in many ways to, to look beyond that and to, mm-hmm. to see the hearts. And because um, that's what he sees. Yeah. is the heart of man and not what they look like on the outside. Well, and I could sp- speak from um, personal experience here. My word of the year was identity because I, I used to be on social media as well. I started finding myself comparing to other mm-hmm. Christian women with all good intent, just saying, okay, this yes. woman is chasing God and she's doing this and she's doing that. I should be doing that too. And I started noticing what first looked as encouragement quickly became a almost consuming thought of if they're doing this, I have to do it too. And once I realized that I was like, you know what, I don't need this right now. Not that social media is a bad thing by any means. It can be used for great things, but it was not right for me. So I got (laughs) off and I said, okay, my, my, my year. And it's actually, I say for this year, it's been two years in a row. My word has been identity and just focusing on who I am and God and not who I am compared to my girlfriends or who I am compared to this ministry or such. Cause I, I put that on myself for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, have there been other women who have served as answers to you? And if so, what specifically about them pointed you to God? You know, the Lord has placed women like that in my life all throughout this journey. I am so grateful for all the different women who have been, um, a part of my life. I'm um, clear back when my husband was first deployed and we just had two little kids. It was a pastor's wife. And um, she just taught me so much about being a godly wife. Mm. And her home, I remember thinking her home was messy, but her <laughs> home, her home was always open. Always. You, she didn't seem to mind the mess. And in turn, you didn't mind it because her heart was to serve and her heart was to listen. And she taught me so much about not being perfect, but being humble and open and loving on people. 
And then also what, like I said, what it meant to be a godly wife. She was just so um, supportive with her husband and I learned so much from her. And then later on, um, when I had a lot of littles, I lived in a city where um, I met a woman who had 12 kids and um, she went to our church and she taught me so much about just organizing this horde, (laughs) all these kids. (laughs) But without the burden of having to do everything perfectly. And um, and you'll probably hear a, a train of thought here, a thread through all of this, that I have tendencies of thinking everything needs to be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and God keeps putting people in my life who are not and don't even try to be. Like they don't, they I don't, don't try know. to put on a false I don't know how that thought of being perfect can even answer your head with 10 kids. (laughs) I don't know how that happened. I'm like, how? How do you even think? Well, because I have this tendency to think like, if I do this, this Uh way, I will get this result. And you're not alone. No, never. (laughs) (laughs) You have 10 other kids who have their own mindsets. It doesn't always work that way. I mean, there's a whole bunch of human beings running around this house and they all need a savior (laughs) and I'm not it. So so that's who God has put into my life. I mean, several years down the road from that, it was another pastor's wife and um, she just taught me this humility and grace in Mm. mothering. And I mean, the list just goes on and on. The Lord has provided women who just speak truth into my life, even in the darkest, driest times. They have just been there. And I, I cannot help but think that it was the Lord placing those women at just the right time when I needed them. And so I, I think, you know, acknowledging that and seeing that, um, and sometimes they challenge you. Sometimes those women are not, um, they challenge your thought of things. Mm. You know, my idea that things needed to be perfect was challenged by many of these women who were messy. Things were messy in their lives. And I still saw the Lord's grace and truth shine through them in that mess. And it just really uh, reached me at the level that I needed from the Lord. Wow. That's, that's beautiful. That's amazing. What about what struggles? And we we've touched on some of them, the, the need to feel to be perfect and everything (laughs) through all of this, trying to be there for your husband, for your kids how, what are the struggles you typically face? And then how do you seek God through those? So, um, you know, just the day to day is, is a struggle because I'm not naturally organized and I'm not a naturally patient person. Um, I'm actually very introverted. Um, I, and I'm very much a peacemaker. So I like everything to be kind of quiet and calm. Uh I live in the midst of a zoo. And so (laughs) there's no way it's going to be quiet and calm all the time. And so in many ways, I feel like that, that was, that has been a refining fire for me that the Lord purposely put into my life. It's, I don't think large families are like a must for everybody. Um, I think that's what the Lord had for us. Um, Mm. I very much that it was very much a conviction. Um, wow. Because I was done at one, and really, hold yes. up, hold up, hold up. Okay, so you're gonna have to elaborate on this because it's cracking me up. You're, um, I'm an introvert. I like things quiet. Things no, are gonna be. Perfect. I am not who you thought we have I was. Kids. I don't want to. So, go in some more about how God called you to this. Then I guess we're okay. gonna digress a minute. <laughs> okay, so um, 
when we had our premarital counseling, I, I wrote down that I wanted six kids and I had grown up basically as an only child because Mm. my siblings were much older than me. Okay. And so I always felt alone. Like I really wanted to have a sister or brother to play with. And so I wrote down that I wanted six and then I thought, Oh, that's ridiculous. I'm going to put, I'm going to put three because I'll scare him. He'll never marry me if I say six. So I wrote three. And, um, I think he wrote something like that too, you know, and then about a year into our marriage, I got pregnant with our first, we were still in college and he was a rambunctious little boy. He was busy, busy, busy all the time. And I was like, what did I get myself into? This is not what I thought we're done. it was. <laughs> and so I thought, you know, one, one is good. I think we'll stop with one. <laughs> and my husband talked me into a second and I was like, okay, one more. And I was very, very, very sick with her. And um, I actually went to my doctor and begged her to tie my tubes after after I had them. And during the pregnancy. And she said, well, we don't usually let women make that decision while they're throwing up. And (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) And she was... um, she was Catholic and she had eight children herself. Wow. And so she kind of encouraged me to give it a little bit of time. And within four months of my daughter's birth, I was reading through some stuff about some large families and I was like, huh, they just seem so joyful. And Mm -hmm. how can they seem so joyful? And I got to reading some more about it and looking up scripture. And I felt the Lord just calling me to, you know, convicting me that if we were going to be people who believed that children were a blessing, then we needed to live that way. Wow. And I, I took it to tie because my initial thought was, uh, no Lord, not me. You got the wrong person. I throw uh-huh. up all day long for 20 weeks. I'm not doing this. Not doing so, it again. <laughs> nope. So I thought I'm going to go to my husband and I'm going to tell him this crazy conviction and he's going to be like, nope. And I'm going to have to submit. So, <laughs> so I tell him and he says, I agree. What? And I was like, what? And from there, the Lord just changed my heart. Oh. I, it was no longer a fight. It was no longer this is an awful thing that I've been doomed to. It, it became my heart. Wow. And, and then when he called us off that mission field, after my 10th was born, I knew I had peace about that too, mm. that that was, it was time. And just like the mission field where, you know, sometimes you're taken off when you're not quite ready. You don't, you know, you think, oh no, I've got more to do here, Lord. Yeah. You know, sometimes he removes that from you. And, and so there was just, I don't know, there was this piece that came over me about that as well. And so here we are. And it has been such a growing learning experience for me. Um, and again, I don't believe it's for everybody, but I definitely believe that this was, you know, what the Lord called us to. Well, without a doubt, because I'm sure never did you imagine back when you were in college with your one. And then when the other one came along, when you're throwing up every day and you're like, I'm done, Doc, tie the tubes. Yes. Never would you have imagined having this amazing platform that has helped and encouraged so many women. And not that you have to have a large family by any means to um, show your capabilities, but it definitely helps to show, Hey, this is how we're able to do it here. And so it's encouraging to women with families that, you know, maybe single moms who have their hands full or families that have two kids or five or 12. However, 
it helps and it provides that credibility. So when he changed your heart, I mean, it transforms so many women's lives and their families. So uh, thank you for yeah. responding to God and trusting him. Yes. I mean, it's amazing. Your story is so encouraging. Um, man, well, I, I don't know what to say. I really appreciate you being here today, <laughs> taking time to do this, barricading the door. <laughs> thank you. Tell your kids. Thank you. I will. Um, I would love to ask. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, mom, <laughs> by the way, how old are your 10 now? Um, so my oldest is 24 and just got married in May, which is crazy. Oh, um, and then all the way down to my littlest one just turned six on Friday. Wow. Congrats. Yeah. So it's fun. It's all ages. And I just, I can't choose one that I like the best because all the ages are just, they have their own neat things that go with them. And so it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I really enjoy my children. I tell people, I don't just love my kids. I like my kids. They are fun to be around and interesting little people. Uh, I love hearing that. I love it so much because there is a difference between <laughs> loving something, but loving and enjoying and embracing it. Yeah. I would love it if you wouldn't mind praying this out today. Sure. Lord God, you are so faithful and just and holy and I know that I can never be worthy on my own. I just don't measure up. But in your grace and mercy, you have provided the ultimate sacrifice, your son, Jesus. And thank you so much for that. He paid it all so that I am allowed to stand worthy before you. May I never, ever, ever become arrogant in my faith, believing that I can or I must do all of this on my own. May I always rejoice in my salvation and live my life as one who's been redeemed. Um, may I just praise you all the days of my life and give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So until next time, all you have is this very moment. We're not promised tomorrow. What will you do with your moment? Are you with us? Are you an Aitzer? Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review so that others can find the show too. We're so excited you're here. And thank y'all for listening to another episode of the Aitzer podcast. <laughs>